In the age of technological advancement, high-speed broadband and an almost seamless interface between reality and science fiction, why not kick it back to the classics with a dead battery? Dead batteries are great, perfect for putting in your pocket or on a necklace, even stick a dead battery in your mouth. The great news about dead batteries is there's no more pressure on them to be living. They no longer need work as the propeller of another machine. These are batteries like you've never seen them before. Batteries in their final form. Dead batteries. Available only while stocks last. Hello, I'm Frankie. And today you're tuned in to the Meditations for the Anxious Mind podcast. Here with me today, I have Mattress Mick. We'll be talking about what age he was when he turned into a mattress. Please consider subscribing to my Patreon, Meditations for the Anxious Mind, if you haven't done so already, so you can further support me and I can continue to have mattress and furniture items on my podcast. Namaste. Yeah, so Mattress Mick, uh, Michael Flynn, uh, it's brilliant to have you on here, really appreciate you coming on. I suppose the first question I want to ask you, you're, you're the number one mattress salesman in the country, how do you sleep at night? I sleep very, very well, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I'm the number one mattress salesman, although a lot of my competitors hate me, but I don't care, I love that. Hmm. The more they hate me, the more successful I am. But no, I sleep very well, and it's good to know that half the country is possibly sleeping on a mattress that I supply them with. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes me very, very happy. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's lonely at the top of the bed. <laughs> it's what? Lonely at the top of the bed, isn't it? Well, um, no comment on that one. <laughs> okay. and, and I suppose like, it's, it's, uh, it's great to have you on here because... Like you were, you were really a meme before memes ever began. Like everybody knew you. Like everyone in my school when I was a kid, everyone knew who you were. They'd either seen your videos or if they hadn't seen your videos, they just know you as an entity, you know. And uh, which I think takes it like it takes a lot of skill, especially before the internet was as big as it is now, um, and probably takes a lot of self belief. You knew what was good and you speak about guerrilla marketing as well and yes um i'd love to hear like exactly what that is guerrilla marketing well my definition of guerrilla marketing is when i started the mattress mick brand I, as i said to you a moment ago i had very little phones very little money so what i did was i got a guy to take a picture of me and it was quite by accident the picture of me with my hand out i'd have Navy, black blazer, green shirt yeah. and trousers, uh, khaki trousers. But that picture, when he took it, it, it just clicked with me. This is the one I'm going to use to market myself. So what I did was I got a printer to print 25 signs, two by two. And they were yellow. And the colours, the green and the black, went very well against the yellow. And we put the mattress mick after we decided on Mattress Mick, that took a while because we didn't know whether to call us Mick's Mattresses, Mattress Mickey, Mickey's, you know, we didn't know, but we thought Mattress Mick sounded the best. It was, it was kind of rhymed. Mm -hmm. So we got these posters and we put them everywhere we could possibly find that was a free space, like, for example, on shop fronts, on buildings that were closed, on the railings in the middle of the road, everywhere. And... 
after a period of time, people began to notice this. And also the Dublin City Council noticed them. And they gave me hell. <laughs> they gave me hell. Uh, I would get these fines in or summonses in for litter. They called me litter. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, it was awful. But anyway, I got these fines and they were 120 euro. And I never paid one of them. Not one of them. <laughs> I went to court and I would defend myself. Now, it would take a while to get to court because you go, they go, you go through the process. But I not, I'm so proud of the fact that I never paid one of those fines. And I must have got about 50 of them. Mm. And I'd go to the court and I'd put my case down. The judge said, this is get out. You know, basically. <laughs> but after that, after a while, the council got to know me and they enjoyed the, the guys. They stopped giving me these fines. So I was very fortunate that I put a big sign. There was a, in the North Strand, the Five Lamps, there was an empty sign, a big hoarding. And I put a sign up on it one day and I tried to find the owner previously or before I put the sign up, but I couldn't find him at all. Couldn't find him. So I put the sign up and within 24 hours, he found me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get. I'm up in the shop in Coolock, and he comes up, and it happened. His name is was Flynn, also. So that was kind of a help. Mm. So I had a chat with him, and uh, he was very nice at the end, and he let me leave the sign up there, which was fantastic, and it was a great sign, mm. fantastic. It was eight eight by eight, and it was two sides to it, so you could see it from every angle at the five lamps. And one of the people who saw it and was a great boost to my career was um, Stephen Fry. Yes, I remember Stephen that. Stephen yeah. Fry saw the sign and he tweeted about it. And that was a fantastic boost to the Mattress Mick profile mm. because his tweets just went everywhere. And he was in Ireland at the time and he was apparently driving by and he wanted to know who this Mattress Mick was. So he put it up and... As I said, I replied to him by offering her a free mattress, <laughs> but he never took he it never up. Took he never it. took it up. No. Stephen Fry, if you're listening to this now, your moment has passed. <laughs> yeah. And also, another big boost to the, well, I could, that was guerrilla marketing at its best, getting that kind of response. But an, another um, person who saw the sign was Catherine Lynch. She had this show on RTE called Wagon's Den. I don't know if any of you ever remember that or not, but it was a, a comedy show and she was great. But they were doing a gig one night with two women. Uh, they were footballers' wives, English footballers' wives. And there was a bit of a, I think, a controversy about them. The boss was, or the fellow was caught sleeping around and whatever. I don't know. But they wanted somebody to come out with a mattress. So I was very lucky. She rang me up, or RT rang me up, invited me into the studio, and mm. I got on the show. Oh. And I was we carried a mattress out to the, uh, where they were doing the talk. So there was Brian Dowling was there. He, you remember Brian Dowling? Yeah. He was on the, um, oh, I can't remember. Big Brother. Big Brother, yeah, Big Brother. And she was there. And that was a great break. And so that meant my guerrilla marketing was working. When people like that, of that caliber, like her, Stephen Fry, and everybody else saw it. And one other little bonus was Meteor used to run a big TV ad campaign before Christmas uh, to promote their phones. And they invited me to do an ad as well. And I was, it was filmed down in Searson's and Baggett Street. And all I had was a plaster on my arm and somebody signing my arm to show my face. Again, that was, that was shown 
many, many times on television before Christmas. Again, people. So that's how it got out there. Well, a lot of people don't believe I'm a real person. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think you're a holographic image. I, like, <laughs> neither of us are here right now. Nobody believes I'm real either. It's great. Well, I didn't at first when I saw you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, no, a lot of people don't even think I exist. And what I did was I got these cardboard cutouts of myself. Mm. Uh, the exact same picture that I had it around and I have them all over the shop so people come in oh there he is but it's not and they go over and I'm not theirs <laughs> <laughs> and that cardboard cutout has been people have requested uh, use of them for weddings for christenings <laughs> one for a funeral oh, the person God. who passed <laughs> thought I was great so a family man I'm just not telling you a word of a yeah. lie so I see myself being carried out of the shop as a cardboard cutout into the back of a car <laughs> do you ever worry what they do with the cutout after you I don't take? care yeah. I don't care some of them bring them back and some of them they always say they'll bring them back but they don't bring them back yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. it's a bit of fun and yeah. it's great it's great um, marketing and great advertising and, and what you said as well about I, I think like the the main the main spring nearly there like was the fact that you chose not to pay those fines, yeah, you know, because I remember seeing the it was it was in the papers, like you know uh, about the court case and everything, and people would have seen, you know, they would have seen it and been like, "What's going on here?" And then that just creates, because it all creates like a bit of a like a buzz about you, and you know, I I think uh, things like that was were, were you thinking like that like. Did that contribute to the whole image you were trying to portray, or was it just out of morality? You said you won't pay the fines. Like couldn't afford to. Okay. Like <laughs> it was, there were a lot of fines, and it would have been a big draw on the the reserves that we'd built up. No, um, and I didn't think of it as being a publicity stunt either. You know, I just could not basically afford to pay all these, mm. and I, the more fines I got, the more signs I put up. Like I really didn't care. I just did it. And I had a small little taxi business as well. Um, and as the cars became obsolete, I painted them yellow and red. And I would park them anywhere around Dublin, particularly at the weekends. I'd park them in loading bays because you can park in a loading bay from seven o'clock on a Saturday to nine o'clock on a Monday morning. And nobody can do anything yeah, about it. Yeah. So I would park them in South William Street or I'd park them in anywhere, even in Dawson Street here. <laughs> And we'd bring them in and they would get tremendous attention. You know, I could, we often stood back and see how many people would take photographs and this as the brand became more known. Mm. Now, we were also very lucky too. We, there was a documentary done about me yeah, called Mattress Men. Mm. And that was the whole story of Mattress Mick, how I met Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly is the guy who actually got me out there on YouTube and he got me out there on social media because he, when I got myself into trouble and we were starting Mattress Mick. I met Paul by accident in the yacht pub in Clontarf and we just happened to talk and he was in the in a mess. I was in a mess. He had one experience and he need you know how to do videos and stuff like that. And I needed help to get out there. So we got together mm-hmm. and he did all the he did all the um videos for me in the initial stages. He's yeah. still doing them. He did two today for me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I I actually saw um because I was I was I was doing my research on you. You know, I knew yeah. a lot already because I'm a fucking genius. But like, <laughs> so you say yourself, like you know. <laughs> yeah. well, I think you're quite clever as well. 
standing on the bridge in Clontarf. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I I noticed. I was looking into your uh, into your documentary mattress, man. Yeah. Uh, so when I was looking it up, I could find it on Vimeo. Vimeo, but, yeah. But they only had the ad. And I tried to um, pay for it because uh, you have to pay for it. And it was 26 euro 84, which is actually maybe they were like just um, maybe they were just like racist towards me or something. <laughs> but, but like, I was like, God, that's a very specific number. It's like, I'd understand 25 yeah. or 27, but 26 84, like uh, the good. gods are cruel. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I didn't realise that it was, um, you had to pay for it still. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it was something it, I... It was on other things as well. In fact, RTE 2 showed it twice. Mm. They showed it twice on TV, which was great again. Like, I, I, I couldn't buy that. Yeah. You know, you just could not buy that. And as you said earlier on about negotiating, I love negotiating with newspapers and with radio stations about the price of ads. Mm. Like, for example, you get a rep coming into you. We say, we just, we won't even name the paper, but they're looking for, say, 500 euro for a half page ad. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. That's not, I'll give you 250 or nothing. They generally take the money. Mm. They generally will. And I've done one deal with a deal with a, one particular newspaper. Um, uh, the star and I got a particularly good deal off them I won't go into the details of it but it's I'm there every week every Wednesday a half page great deal mm. and the radio stations are the same I use Radio Sunshine I used Nova and we do some 10 second ads some 20 second ads and some 30 second ads and that's fantastic deals mm. and like you I love negotiating yeah it's I, really it's a one man operation that you're running really it is yeah obviously you know you have your staff but like as far as the business side of it so I think you'd be really the perfect person to like uh, I, I got like some listener questions and one of them was um so there was a fella a fella messaged me saying he kind of wants to leave the rat race and start up his own business so say say I'm say I've been working at I don't know a tech company for 10 years um, how if I want to get out of that what's, what's your advice well the first thing you'd have to have a plan as what you want to do like do you want to change direction entirely or do you want to continue in your same in the same business that you've been working in on your own uh, so I think this guy wanted to change entirely. Okay, so he'd have to do. He'd have to be sure that that's what he wants first of all, and it's a very hard commitment to leave your job and start your business. What I would do is I try and do parallel. I try and set it up and keep my job mm. until such time as you feel confident and comfortable enough and financially secure enough to leave your job. So that's what I did myself. Like I. Before I went into the furniture business, I worked in the bank, a bank when I left school. And I ran my business while I was in the bank, selling furniture from the shop down in Pier Street. And I also had a stand up in the Dandelion Market. I don't know if you ever remember the yeah. Dandelion Market up in Stevens Green. I was up there when I was in my 17, 18, and I was selling costume jewellery. And I was building up a, a, a fund for myself to give myself the confidence to leave the bank. Mm. So my advice to that individual would be to try, if possible, to run the two of them parallel for a while and then build up the confidence to leave. And if you leave, just if you have a dream, just follow it. Don't let anybody distract you. Mm. Tunnel yeah. vision. That's the word I use all the time. Yeah. Tunnel vision. Well, it's it, definitely worked for you. And the, it's very important that you believe in yourself that I can do this. Nobody's going to stop me doing it. 
Now, if you do fail, don't consider yourself a failure because you're not. You're a trier. So get up again and go something else. Mm. That's yeah. my my thoughts. Because yeah. I had this problem when I started Mattress Mick. I, I believed in myself. But people say, you're gonna, you're not gonna, it's not going to work, you know. As you said earlier on, F off. I'm going to do it and to hell with it. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, it couldn't have come from anyone better. Like, I, like I, I was the same as well, like, I suppose, in a, I suppose in a different way. But, like, when I started out the page, like, even before I started the page, I'd always tried to... You know, I'm, I I see myself more as like I I love writing. That's that's what I like to do. And like um, I always had these big ambitions, but I never had something would always get in the way, and I'd always blame other things around me. And you know, until the point where I was like, nobody's gonna hold my hand, nobody's gonna do this for me. I have to do this myself. And you know, kind of just remove all the things that were obstructing the path yeah you know um and yeah it's it's mad and and then just having that bit of self-belief I, I feel like i don't know if it's maybe an irish thing but with me like i nearly feel like sometimes i struggle with that still like you know and, and it's getting a lot better but um you, you can nearly be like you seem to be kind of a furnace of just self-belief uh whereas I don't know. I, like it's definitely gotten a lot easier and a lot better, but it's. I, I think it's a work in progress, really. You know. It is, but like, what you're saying is true. But you are getting out there. Like, I, I would not be sitting here today with talking to you unless I thought you were very good at yeah. what you do. Yeah. I wouldn't waste my time. Yeah. Because you, you're serious about your approach to the whole idea of doing these videos. You're serious about talking to you you seem to be serious about where you want to go in life and if you weren't I wouldn't waste my time yeah well, that's, that's good to I know. don't have the time to waste yeah so but I enjoy talking to people who are trying who are uh, a little bit thinking outside the box like your videos to me are outside the box mm. they're mad they're great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they blew my mind I said that to you the first time you spoke to me yeah yeah thank and, you and um a guy like you, I think you're very like me. You know, you know where you want to go. It's not a straight road. You've got to make it a straight road because there's a lot of turns mm. that you've got to, and crossroads that you've got to get through. But you will do it. Yeah, Jeez, do this it. is so, I really didn't expect to feel so motivated. This is brilliant. Well, I, I, I wish I could have you around more. <laughs> no, well, I'm not. I'm, t I'm speaking from my heart yeah. and from my experience. I'm not trying to plumaz you or to make mm. you feel good. I'm telling you what I see. Yeah. In you, you know, as uh, I see a little me in you, you know, mm. like where you're a doer. Yeah, yeah, you're a doer. yeah. You, you don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. And I think that's terribly important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely is. And, and like, you know, I think you can be a doer at some point in your life and be, you know, the opposite. Of, like, I wasn't always a doer, but, you know. I, from my time of not being a doer I became a doer if that yeah. makes sense well I think your big asset is your voice your tone of voice your, yeah. your the way you um, how do I put this without insult I'm not trying to insult no. but you have a lovely uh, monotonous yeah okay yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's a very good monotonous voice oh thank you <laughs> I think relaxing is the word you're looking yeah, for okay that's alright yeah I just get nervous here in front of the <laughs> no but um You've got this bland, easy-going 
toneless voice. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> Thanks. It works. Like, I, I can compare you. I always thought Gay Bourne's voice was great. Mm. He had the same tone all the time and he was great and he never changed. And also Ray Darcy. He's the same. I was listening to him on the radio and he doesn't seem to rehearse anything. He just, he just talks and he talks sometimes shite, but he gets it out, you know. <laughs> And I've been interviewed by Ray Darcy and I've been interviewed by them all over the over the period of my career. Like Joe, um, um, what's his name? Joe Duffy, sorry. Oh yeah. Joe Duffy is great. And he's got the same type of voice, bland and no, doesn't change. He doesn't get excited. Mm. He gets sad sometimes when he's listening to a sad story. Mm. But I think I, it's important to have people in the public eye who don't get excited by life sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah. you know, just don't let anything rock you. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just, just, uh, you know, thinking about it now, what you were saying about uh, guerrilla marketing while it's still in my head. Um, I actually, because you said, you know, we probably have some similarities, which is a big compliment to me. Like, But uh, I, speaking of guerrilla marketing, I had the same mindset when I was, it was probably four or five years ago now, I was working in a hotel, working night shift, really, you know, nothing wrong with the hotel, but just, it's not nice working a night shift, especially in a hotel. For me, anyway, it wasn't yeah. the job for me. Um, and I have this, uh, I wanted to read this to you here, if you don't mind. So I, I, it was three o'clock in the morning. I was supposed to be working. I was dosing from work. <laughs> uh, and I wrote this, uh, I was looking at uh, jobs.ie. And there was some company, I can't even remember what the type of job was for now it wasn't something i was interested in but i said i'm just going to send a really weird email to them and see what happens okay uh, so i'm going to read it out to you all right okay so this was sorry this was only in 2020 they started so like three years, years ago, ago. Yeah. yeah yeah two years ago okay yo 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 i'm real good at stuff i don't have a cv because i don't believe in paper and I can't get a reference because all my previous employers are crazy. But I'm not enthusiastic, trust me. It takes a lot for me to get up out of bed in the morning. But if I was being paid money for it, I might consider it. I'm not a team player, which can be good for some people. Mainly me. Name your price. Peace. Frankie. And they actually got back to me straight away. They did not. They, they? I swear to God, they wanted to meet up with me. We had about three or four emails and then I said something else. They were like, what did you mean by that comment? Look, I was still yeah. in that character. And I said something else. I can't remember what it was. But I think they were like, oh, okay. And then I didn't hear back from them at all. But, uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's like that someone who's working in a job like that, they want someone who's different. They want, you know, I wasn't going to get the job. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, they, they kind of want something to stand out. And I think that's what you do as well. You know, you're not the average mattress salesman. No, I'm not. But you were thinking outside the box there doing that. Mm. You know, this is guerrilla marketing in another form. You were putting yourself out. You, you, you did a played a blinder, mm. and they responded, which I think is a great compliment to you, that they did that. And you know, who would normally reply to or respond to a letter like that? <laughs> yeah. Not many people. But they are also clever people because they were interested. You could have been, you know, what they were really looking for. It transpired your wedding, but yeah. at the same time, they did acknowledge your individuality. Yeah, I think, and that's a great compliment. Yeah, and. I would. I think this is what happened to me with the judges at the courts. They recognised my individuality. 
I said to them, all I want to do is sell mattresses. I have very little money. I want to get it out there. I'm not trying to offend anybody. And I'm certainly not litter. And that is what I've been charged as being. Mm. Because you put a sign up on a on a, a stop sign or on a pole or a lamppost, that's classed as litter. And I think it all... And in fact, two of the judges who I stood in front of came out and bought mattresses off me. Did they? They did. <laughs> yeah. Two of them. And again, that's, that's a real compliment to you. It is, yeah. And uh, it just shows you that if you're polite and if you're different and if you're extrovert or introvert or whatever, once you're not normal... Yeah. get there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well there's no fear of that with me anyway or with me like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't like being normal no normal people terrify me yeah. yeah and moving on a little bit like Richie Kavner the musician or the singer do you ever hear of him yeah yeah they wrote a song he wrote a song about me mm. Mattress Mattress Mick the, uh, the Mattress Mick the Ballad of Mattress Mick <laughs> And it's very, very good. Well, I wanted a good bed for to rest me poor old head. So I travelled all of Ireland trying to find one. Then I met with Mattress Mick, he says, the mattress does the trick. Come on inside me shop and take your pick. So I went inside the door, never seen so many beds before. Then Mickey turned around to me and said, Two things in life that you can't do without your heritage from me, mother. A good pair of shoes and a nice new bed. If you're not in one, you're in the other. So if you want a real good bed, call round to Mattress Nick. Don't mind about the fancy headboard, it's the mattress does the trick. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. Mattress Nick. And Richie Kavner uh, came to us, he came to me. And to me, that was a great compliment. That this famous person who's had thousands upon thousands of YouTube uh, hits over his career wanted to do a song about mattresses yeah and he wrote it and we went down to his farm and we did a video and everything else really fantastic and that was a great boost again to our profile yeah and what we've done now after this I always wanted to be known well known but I don't want to expand my own business anymore I don't want to own any more shops I have Coolock, I have Pier Street and I'm very happy at one stage when I had the Northside Furniture I had loads of shops I had different shops satellite shops or pop-up shops but what I did was I registered I have registered Mattress Mick as a trademark and for both for Ireland England and Europe and what I've done is I give other retailers now a license to trade as Mattress Mick Right. So I have at the moment eight of these shops operating from of Waterford, Clonmel, Carlo, Drada, Nice Road, uh, Athlone and um, coming on stream is Wexford and Kilkenny. And that is the way I want to expand my brand. And I want to become nationwide, but I don't want to have the hassle of becoming nationwide mm. so you're so, gonna there'll be franchises they're then. not franchises no they're licenses okay. uh, where I say to you um, there's a license for six months to trade as Mattress Mick 
if you behave yourself I'll renew it and if you don't <laughs> I'll cancel it so I can be mattress make for a price then you could be you can have a mattress make shop for a price okay but I can't be mattress make there's only one mattress oh. make please we share a double bed <laughs> no, you can pretend yeah, yeah you can pretend but it's great and I go around to these shops every every week I go to a different shop now tomorrow sorry this weekend I'm going to Waterford and I spend a couple of hours down there. I do radio ads for them. Mm. So they put them out on local radio. And this all works. So it's get, the brand is getting better known all the time at no cost to me. In fact, I'm being paid yeah. to get the brand out there. Yeah, and do you ever think, uh, like, you know, before you come down, like, say you're going to Waterford or whatever, do you ever think, like, the people who are working there are like, oh, fuck, fuck, he's coming, the boss is coming today, <laughs> and they have to, like, be on their best behaviour? Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm not like that. Kind <laughs> no, of, no, you know, you're not, no. Like, you walk in, but this is getting back to Richie Cavanagh. Every time we open a shop, Richie Cavanagh will come down and do a little performance oh, outside cool. the shop. And you can see it again if you look at some of the um, the videos. Uh, you, we have Richie Cavanagh, we've got Irish dancers. We've put on a big, big show for the, the local people and we promote it a couple of weeks before the shop opens. And it's great crack, yeah. really great crack. And the country people are lovely. Like, they really are nice and they're very supportive. Yeah. Very, very supportive. I've often found, like, nearly the further out in the, into the country you go, the more people will come up to you and, like, like say they recognise you or whatever, and they'll, they'll chat to you and, you know, that sort of thing. They will. They, they always uh, welcome you. Always. And they, we, I promote, the brand promotes Irish-made mattresses because I try to buy most of the products I sell in, our, in Ireland. And that's a big plus in a lot of people's minds because they like to think that we're supporting our own. Yeah. Now, another side of Mattress Mick is I'm very, my interest is homelessness. And I, I, I have a passion about it insofar as I think it don't, I think it shouldn't be there at all. And I got very much involved in the Apollo House yeah. occupation. Dean Scurry. And Dean Scurry. Mm. Do you know Dean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dean's a yeah. good friend of mine. Oh, very good. He was the one who invited me in and it was Glenn Hansard and there was Codeline the band and a lot of other famous people. And we're all friends now. Mm. We're all, we all connect. But Dean is a good guy. Yeah. He's yeah. great. He is fantastic. Yeah. So we had a great occupation. Of Apollo House. Yeah, and I we, remember that. I remember, um, Le- do you know, have you heard of Lethal Dialect? He did a brilliant spoken word piece about Apollo House. Who? Lethal Dialect. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, he yeah. did a brilliant spoken word piece yeah. about Yeah, I remember. That was back in, what was it, 2011? Uh, no, it was four years ago. Five oh, was years it only ago. four yeah. years yeah. ago? Yeah. Jesus Christ, I don't know where yeah. I was living. Yeah. Not Apollo House anyway. No. <laughs> well, we spent Christmas in Apollo House. Yeah. And, like with Christy Moore in there in Christmas time singing. We had, we had, uh, we put all the beds into Chris, into into Apollo House. Oh, cool! Mattress Mick did. Yeah, yeah, and it was great to be able to do that, and it was kind of like giving back a little of what I'd achieved. Yeah, you know, and I didn't do it for the publicity. I did it because I wanted to do it. Yeah, and of course. It was, it was just a great feeling to say, right, I can now afford because of the success of the brand to give these mattresses. And other people, a lot of, everybody was donating. Like we'd more stuff in the Apollo house than we needed. Yeah. But it was a great, great journey. Yeah. Fantastic and and journey. it's funny that you mention that because 
actually somebody a, a, a listener actually posted a question it was more of a comment really um but it was about something similar and uh he was uh sorry let me just find it here if you don't mind um oh, away. so uh yeah yeah so he said uh I'm, I'm grateful for Mick's donation to the Education Trust. I got a degree because of him. Ah, oh, fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. So that was that was nice. So that was out in Kulak, I think. Yeah, um, I, 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 I don't like talking about what I do, but I do my bit. Yeah, yeah. But what I really enjoy doing is going to colleges and to schools and to talking to young people. Um, we, we haven't done much now with COVID, but... Prior to COVID, I would go to schools and to colleges. And I even went to Wheatfield Prison to give a talk about believing in yourself and about not being afraid when you get out of jail or, or you're starting your career in school, not to be afraid to believe in yourself. Again, I'm re- it's like repeating myself, but if you want to be an accountant, be an accountant. If you want to be a doctor, be a doctor or a priest or whatever you want to be just follow it and I love those talks yeah and the interaction and the Q&A after the talks are brilliant yeah brilliant yeah and yeah. and so you and and how how did it feel after coming out of there did you you know because obviously that's that's beyond all the publicity stuff and you know you wouldn't be kind of talking so much about that but is that like I, I know myself from you know maybe not doing that but doing different things that I don't talk about that's really where you get most of the kind of good feeling from it is yeah you know? like I don't like Apollo House is out there but the other things I do are not out there yeah and I, I don't want them to be out there but I love I love helping yeah and if somebody has an idea or if I can um, if I can uh, help them at their career I will do so you know, if I can. Yeah. I don't, sometimes I'm out of my depth. I don't know what they're talking about, so I just can't really do that. But I'm going to tell you a very interesting story now. Um, and you're going to find this a little bit strange. About a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was approached by a friend of mine. There was this girl who was very good at upcycling furniture, right? She could take an old piece of furniture and she could turn it into a, an object of art, right? So my friend asked me, like, we, he would always see broken lockers or broken chest of drawers or whatever in my shop or damaged or old. So anyway, she came in and she started doing these up. Now, she has a full-time job as well, but they were fantastic and they sold extremely well. Like, you'd get an old bedside three-drawer three locker that... We were going to put out in the bin. She'd do it up and you'd get 150 euro for it, you know? Like, it was just amazing. But she came to me one day and she said, Michael, I love doing what I'm doing, but I have an idea. I want, I want to, now this is, I want to do coffins. I want to create coffins for people who want something different. For example, if you are a Manchester United fan and you die, I want to be able to, create and I know I can do it a coffin with the Manchester United colours on it and she said would you support me and I said God that's a big tall question you know like it's something that you know you don't really want to talk about but at any rate I said yes now she's creating this fantastic business she's after doing a lot of research into the whole industry and genuinely there's a market there for what she's going to do 
So I've given her a bit of my space up in my showroom, hidden away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's creating these fantastic coffins. Yeah. Um, she also does these little caskets for, like, if an animal, people love their animals, mm. so they want to keep their actions, we say. She's done that as well. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, I, I feel so proud to have helped her. I'm not involved in her business. I don't want any share of her business, but I, she has this chance. Yeah. And I know she's going to click. I know it's going to be, it's like, it's like a new creation, a new beginning in an industry that's very stale. We all go out in black curses and we go out in white shirts and black ties. That day is, I believe it's gone. It should be a celebration of life, not a sadness. Mm. I don't know if you agree. Or yeah, yeah. I want to go out in a colourful tracksuit. Like, honestly, I feel like that would be the best way to go. Like, yeah. I, I I, go I'm not a black tie kind of guy at all. I want to go out in a mattress coffin. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that won't be for a good few years yeah, anyway. hopefully not. And what's the girl's name? We'll give her a shout out. Her name is Stephanie Carroll. Stephanie Carroll. I hope you're listening to this. Well done on your, on your yeah. business. And her um, business is called Caskets by Design. Oh, caskets by design, yeah. yeah. So she's killing the coffin game. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of putting it, isn't it? And uh, like, I th- I think what what struck me there is like sometimes when there is a dead market like that, you need to create your own market, and I think that's what you did, and that's definitely what she did as well, because she's creating her own niche. There's nobody else doing that. No, well, there's there's no there's not not the way she's doing it, not the way she's doing it. It's just fantastic. Like if, for example, God forbid, say for example, your mother loved a garden, it was a garden, she can do a coffin that, with flowers on it to represent what your mother liked doing mm. or your father or whatever. Yeah. I think that's just amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. And I would, I would love when I pass it, my life is a celebration, not a sadness. Yeah. You know, and the memories are, they're good memories, not bad memories, you know? Yeah, you know, no, you're dead right. I absolutely agree with you. And I feel like that's very... Uh, I hate to use the term on brand when we're talking about death. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is very on brand for you. Like, I couldn't imagine, I could I could imagine it being more of a, you know, you would want it to be more of a celebration and I'd be the same as well. Yeah. Because I like to make people, ha- well, who the fuck doesn't, but I like to make people happy in general, you know, unless I hate them and then I'm going to strike them down. No, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no like, I, I think, I think, I think the day going forward in this conversation, I think the day of the black hearse is going to go. I think you'll have a white hearse or you'll have a white cars rather than black cars. I think it's evolving. Yeah. And yeah. I know it is in other countries and we're a little bit slow. Yeah. But I think Stephanie's idea is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely fantastic. And I hope, I really hope that it works for her. Yeah. And if I have anything to do with it, I certainly support her all the way along. Yeah. Well, thank God for thank God she has you there for like to support her and you know, I was just thinking there, when I die, will you give me a mattress and then they can pedal me out in a rickshaw? If you want it, yeah. <laughs> you just need to find a rickshaw driver who'll do it for we free. We get one of them, yeah. We get one of them. Yeah. yeah, well, what actually, that's another question, totally unrelated, but I don't know where the rickshaws went. They kind of disappeared after the lockdown because you never see them. No, yeah, they're gone. I think they're gone. They were they were causing a problem, I think, weren't they, prior to lockdown where there I were think a few some accidents of them, with them yeah. and uh, people were 
uh, falling off them and yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they'll come back. Yeah, I, I met, I met uh, a rickshaw driver. His name is Nico. And uh, I became really good friends with him. Really? Like, yeah. yeah, and <laughs> he was like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, he's from Argentina. And um, well, whatever happened there, uh, I remember we became really good friends because I was in town with my friend and we had no money. To get back, we were going towards Fairview. Uh, and, uh, like, what are the, you know, you're not going to hop in a taxi and jump out at Fairview no, and no. R- risk a chase for the sake of seven <laughs> quid or whatever it is. So, like, uh, we got in and we were trying to give him, I think we had, like, a fiver between us. He wouldn't take money because he just enjoyed having the chat with us. He brought us all the way out and then we became, like, good friends with him and ended up going to his house and everything. And that's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. A good story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's what it's about. That's what life's about, I think. Yeah. It's not all about money. It's not all about pound, euros and and dough. It's about people. Yeah. Isn't it, really? Like, you get to connect with people. If you connect with a guy like you connected with that rickshaw driver, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. You've got a friendship there that will go on. And I know also in my life, I meet lots of people. And um, I've, I've got a lot of male friends, but I've also got a good lot of female friends. And... I think you need both. Like, I'm married, I have two kids, but I still enjoy meeting up with different people. Yeah. And it's very, very important for me to be able to get out there and talk and interact and share my thoughts and listen to other people's thoughts. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And I love going to the pub. Yeah. I go to the pub on the way home nearly every night. I have two pints or maybe three. And I sometimes I like to be on my own, so I'd go to a pub where I wouldn't be known. Or as if I did want a bit of company, I'd go down to Harry Burns or some of the pubs that are in Clontarf, mm. where I'd always meet somebody. But one of the problems being mattress make is people know me. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there having <laughs> yeah. a pint, and yeah, yeah. The comes over. But that's so you're good. never by yourself then, which is good, I suppose, as well. No, but you can. You know, people are very nice. Like the goodwill from people is great. Even down there, you saw it downstairs. Yeah, well, there. everyone loves you. You never, yeah. you don't really hear bad people say bad things Two about you. Two fellas in, in dress suits are going to a wet and came over and wanted a photograph <laughs> taken. He took the photograph, you know. But yeah. this is the fun of it. Yeah. You know, and I have my van now parked down in Dawson Street. I came in on my van deliberately because I could park it in a loading bay. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you're always switched on anyway, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sitting there and getting out of the van and these schoolgirls go by that's you it's you can I get a photo and that's great Yeah. but it's not to boost my ego it's to just to they're enjoying it and that's important Yeah. so you're giving something to people Yeah. and those girls will go off into school and they say I love that you know Mm. I love it yeah Actually, my brother now, come to think of it, I think my brother got a picture with you as well. It's actually, it's more rare that somebody hasn't got a picture with you. <laughs> you know, I actually, I used to drink down in the beach comer the odd oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, we probably, our paths might have crossed there. Beach comer's a nice pub. Yeah, it's nice, yeah. I yeah, yeah. the night, actually. Bit, cl- bit clicky. Is it? Yeah, do you I find so, that? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone kind of has their own pockets, don't they? they? Have, yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't want to, like, accidentally catch someone's eye and then they're like looking over at you and mate is that just me <laughs> I don't know. no no I, I like i enjoy the pint after work i enjoy yeah. the relaxation after work and also another big part of my life is religion mm. I, I i believe i'm a catholic i attend mass or i attend church on a sunday not necessarily mass but i'd go to the church on a sunday and i enjoy my chats with god mm. 
And I think God plays God plays a big role in my life, uh, and always has. Particularly when things went wrong, and when I was starting off after reinventing, uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't have anybody to talk to. But I would talk to God, and I talked to people, and at least God didn't laugh at me, where other people did laugh at me. So prayer to me and belief in religion is very important. Yeah. And I'd, I'm proud to say that. I don't mind people knowing this. Yeah. But some people say, ah, oh, that fucking idiot, you know. But no, to me, it's 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 essential. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's completely like, uh, you know, when I when I was a kid, you know, like I, I come from a religious family as well. And like when I was a kid, and of my own kind of, you know, I, I, I believe there's definitely something out there. There is. And yeah, yeah. And, and like, uh, but when I was a kid, like the way I was taught religion in school, like I feel like I could have been taught it in a different way. Absolutely. And and yeah. so I didn't really interpret it like in, in a certain way. So for, for a while, like when I was a kid and like kind of immature and stuff, I would judge people who would be like already immature immature yeah immature immature yeah 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 that's what that's what it was so I, even if they were saying something and just in general not even with religion even as i was saying this to my friend the other day like even if somebody is saying something that i agree with but i'm in bad form or they've pissed me off in another way i'll just disagree with it just to have an argument you know yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's it's crazy but like absolutely and i feel like I'm like I won't put words in your mouth, but I'm sure that that kind of contribute to you knowing. Okay, I'm on the right path. This is, you know, did that kind of tie into the self belief because you felt like that you got comfort from that? Yes, it gave me the confidence, you know, and it gave me the will to keep going by by prayer, by talking, by listening, by believing, and this is where the belief in yourself comes into it. You know, and I, I get that belief, I believe, from up there somewhere, the higher power. I, both my parents are past, and yeah. I believe I can talk to them. I lost my sister and my brother in the last two years. Mm. They're up there, you know, and I know they're up there. And I, I actually genuinely believe they listen. Mm. Are they, well, whether they listen or not, but they, you get some kind of comfort or guidance from them. And would you ever get, like, so, would you ever find... At times in your life, you get little signs, and it makes you feel like you know that your your prayers or whatever was answered. Absolutely, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I won't give you any specifics, but certainly they have happened to me. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know that you know, or if something goes the way you you don't expect it to go, like for example, you might decide I want to do or I want to buy something, you know, and then you don't buy it. Then you realise two weeks later it was the right thing to do was not to buy it. Yeah, because it was poison it was, or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I remember we were going to open a shop in uh, Ashburn and we were two weeks away from signing the deal. And this was way back. And the next thing what happened was a building came up available much nearer to me than Ashburn. And it just happened right the day before I went to sign for Ashburn so I cancelled the shop on Ashburn mm. and I signed and it was the best thing that I'd ever done I ever did but I couldn't or if things go wrong you may not realise the reason why they went wrong but you will realise it down the road yeah it wasn't hindsight. meant for me yeah. you know 
Yeah, well, I've had loads of experiences like that as well, where you don't realize, or sometimes on the flip side, you think something is good until you look back and you're like, yeah. that's the worst thing that's ever happened yeah, to me. Yeah, I know. You know? But that's life. Yeah. And it's, it's, well, I think it's important that you recognize these signs that you're being guided, you're being directed, and you're being put in the right path. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. And you'll feel it as well because you'll know deep yeah. down you feel it in your gut that you're doing the right thing yeah. even if even if like you were talking about there as well even if people on the outside are saying what the fuck is this or what's he doing or whatever mm. but you'll know on the inside that what you're doing is right like you know yeah and again that boils down to belief in yourself doesn't it yeah yeah you know and I, as I, I keep I keep repeating this but it's so important I'm passionate about it you know like I just if I have an idea I go for it I don't care if you tell me to not, not do or be granny tells me not to do it I'll go for it if I believe in it yeah and it, so far it's worked out quite it's well it's worked for you yeah. yeah yeah. and and another thing you know uh, maybe a less deep thing but <laughs> another thing nonetheless that we, we share with each other is the green screen I got yeah. a green screen on Amazon 20 quid it was the best thing I've ever bought in my yeah. life yeah because like just the, it sounds so stupid but the amount you can do on a green screen it can do anything is, yeah it can do literally anything yeah and your videos what I love about your videos is I, I think like there's a kind of uh, there's kind of they're, they're very absurd like as in you know it's like oh my god this is mad oh wait oh it's still mad it's like oh my god it's and it, but it's so entertaining and it's very similar to have you ever heard of Tim and Eric yes it's that, that sort of style I absolutely love it it's really really funny and um, I was I actually wanted to ask you were you a fan of Tim and Eric yourself I wouldn't be no. yeah yeah no, I wouldn't be a fan I know of them yeah but I think it's important on these videos if you make a mistake we always leave the mistakes in yeah you know it makes it more natural it makes it more like you're you're, not, you're a human being you're not just following a script like I've made loads of mistakes in my videos but they're the ones that are always the best yeah you know they really are yeah. like that TikTok video you see the one we did yeah uh, yeah you're on TikTok now that's yeah. had 600,000 yeah. views 600,000 the three girls and the, the me and the two girls <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah brilliant that was done down in the shop in Carlo we, just, yeah. we, we were having a skit and your man put it up yeah and that's that's gorilla yeah that's big gorilla and then I was doing the other ad. I'm now on TikTok and I started clapping my feet. TikTok, <laughs> yeah. TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And that worked. You know, yeah. these things come from where I don't know. Mm. But it's great. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It's, uh, I, I, I think we were talking about it. Like sometimes you don't know which ones are going to do well until you actually do them. And, and the ones you put loads of effort into, you know, like they might not do as well. And you're like, it's just so hard to tell sometimes, isn't it? Did you see the video we did back with a bang? Yes, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your hit uh, radio hit, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That song, I was approached by Simon Cowell to go on Britain's Got Talent with that song, right? Yeah. Now, I wasn't to perform on Britain's Got Talent. I was just to sing the song. Okay. But it transpired I didn't have the rights to the song. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me go on without having the... the it's something to do with I don't know what the word is um, royalties or whatever but it was a big disappointment it would have yeah. been a great opportunity yeah. but that song Back With A Bang I get people coming up to me all over the place ah back I'm back I'm back <laughs> with yeah, a bang yeah. and the kids, kids and all they all love it yeah 
and it's great we could have been looking at a Sarah mattress make now if you were on that at that point I know <laughs> I was also asked to do Dancing with the Stars twice yeah but I backed out of it it would take too much time out of my life you know you'd be rehearsing you'd be doing mm. I, I couldn't I couldn't take that and I couldn't take that control of being told what to do yeah. because when you're self-employed like me and independent I just can't be told what to do mm. I like to do everything that I want to do and I'm just watching it now as it's on at the moment like the, the routine is very very severe and very regimental and I wouldn't like it no no, I always, I never like people telling me what to no, do. I can't take if they it. were nice, though, you know, it like if you say it in a nice way, I'm grand. But you know, somebody coming in, oh, it happened to me today. I was in college today, and uh, <laughs> I would name and shame this guy, but I don't know what his name is. <laughs> but uh, now he came into the. He, I was, I was in the library, and there's a separate like room you can go into. I was the only one in the room. It's a massive room. It's probably like could fit about 50 people I was the only one there I had my face mask off he comes up to me and he just stares at me for like 10 seconds and yeah. I was like hey okay and he's like put your face mask on and I was like oh uh, yeah I just had it off just because there's no one else in here and he just looked at me for ages and then just he was like put it on you know but and there's totally a way of doing that but you know when someone is like a teacher and, and they treat you like a bold child yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I, I actually was considering becoming an anti-vaxxer after that conversation. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't abide being told what to do. Yeah, yeah. I even hate to be told I have to wear a seatbelt. Now, I do wear it. But, and I know, but like when I'm told to wear it, yeah, you know, yeah. and you hear these people, these broadcasters, uh, it's snowing. It's going to snow. Drive slowly. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's heavy Remind rain. me not to put the mic. Uh, keep, tell you to put the mic close. Forty to meters behind the car in front of you. I, I can't understand those kind of instructions. I'm mm. not a fool. Yeah. I don't want to injure myself. I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. But when you get these people telling you what to do, it really mm. gets my back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense that you know you're working for yourself. Mm. I'm kind of working for myself. Although I feel self-conscious when I say I work for myself because it doesn't feel like work because I love it. Well, I'm know? the same. Like when I. I enjoy what I do every day. I get up in the morning. I love it yeah. as well, and it's not a chore. It's not a. It's not a, a problem, getting up to go to work. And I I work seven days a week. Yeah. Now I may not work very hard seven days a week, but the days are long, and particularly Saturday and Sundays, um, I just go into the shop. I walk around. I do a few things, and like as I said, I'm going down the country now every weekend to different shops, and I love that. And I love going in on the motorway cafes and having a coffee. Mm. The Apple Green service stations and that. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And they're great. And just They're like their own little universes. Oh, Do you know great, the ones yeah. they have a Subway, they have yeah. a Burger King. Oh, I always go to Burger King. I'm like, this is going to be deadly. And then I go and I'm like, oh. You, <laughs> you know those ones. Yeah. But uh, actually, I wanted to ask you... Um, you, you, I remember reading a quote and you said like the, mo the two... I think it was like the two most important things... Uh, are a good night's sleep and shoes yes and I wanted to ask you when did you get into selling shoes I never did <laughs> <laughs> I never did although you should uh, no although the shop in Pier Street uh, my grandfather opened that it was a drapery shop mm. when he opened it 86 years ago he opened it selling uh, all drapery curtain material he did sell shoes yeah but I was never involved in that at all yeah but it's an old saying, if you're not in one, you're in the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're from Churchtown originally and you moved to Pear Street, That's didn't correct, you? yeah. What was that like? Horrible. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Churchtown was a fantastic area to live in. <clears throat> then we moved into Pear Street. 
my parents for some reason decided to to move there's a house behind the shop and i hate it initially because there was no parks there was no it was a street and then we had to get in there was no hall door in our house you had to go through the shop to get into the house and i wasn't nice yeah but you just felt kind of uncomfortable that day yeah, at but, the time. And you know what? Growing up, because my address was Pier Street, years ago when you, when the dance, you go to the student dances, you had to have a membership card. Like for Temple Oak Lawn Tennis Club or these. Every time I gave my address as Pier Street, I was declined. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to get yeah. a card because it wasn't a good address. Mm. And I had to use my friend's address or rap mines or turn your or different addresses. But 73 Pier Street, no, you're not getting in. Because mm. people perceived that you weren't a good person because you And yet the people at Pier Street, I loved them. Ring's yeah. End, I loved them. They're great. Yeah. And I couldn't, but it was just even like Ballymun sometimes, people have the wrong impression. But I think those people are good. They're my customers. Yeah. They're the people who keep me going. Yeah. And I think there's. That kind of casual classism is still going on today. Uh, but where, it's not as bad as it was. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Like Rings End now is a classy area. People are really want to live there. Yeah. And Pierce well, I don't know if you know Pierce or not, but it's yeah, yeah. all now modern apartments, Google, Facebook, they're all down there. There's this place called Misery Hill. And Google have just opened a big office there and then leads up to the Grand Canal Dock. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Weatherspoons have opened the pub down there. Over on Pear Street, have they? Yeah, yeah. In yeah, the yeah. Grand Canal Dock thing. It only opened there the other day. It used to be called the Eli Wine Bar or Eli. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's now Weatherspoons. God, Weatherspoons is everywhere, everywhere now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. It's a great point and great price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember we used to go into the one in Blanchardstown and it was like, uh, you get, it was like Spain prices. Now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like two, at the time it was like two euro 30 or 250 or something for a point. It was one of those IP, or not IPA, whatever they were, but I didn't care what it was. It was just cheap. I love the craft beers. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy, I'm a Guinness drinker, but I love to experiment with the craft Beers, yeah. particularly some of the Irish ones are really great, but it's a acquired taste. Guinness yeah. is a acquired taste, but so are some of these craft beers. But a friend of mine sent me over, he lives in Marbella in Spain. He sent me over, he, did, he loves annoying me. <laughs> and he sent me over his seat. He was out yesterday or two days ago. He had three pints and uh, three pints, and he said good pints and <laughs> hamburger and chips, 10 euro. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I was in, uh, I was in Croatia. Uh, or sorry, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Sorry, and um, well, randomly, <laughs> uh, and it was like uh, you get them for like two euro over there. But like I was always, I didn't care what it was. Just get it into me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think now it's uh, like it's something like six. You you wouldn't get it for lower than six now, wouldn't you? Not like Here, a point in town anywhere. Six quid is got five fifty to six quid for a Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. I like Beamish though. Beamish is yeah. a, I like the flavour of Beamish and it is a bit cheaper. It's not the money that I but I like the flavour of it. Yeah. I, the, Beamish for me was always if I was at my friend's house after a pub or a club, there would always be like a can of Beamish that was in his dad's jacket or something in the utility room when it was like warm but that was the only drink left so that's when I'd drink it yeah <laughs> you know that's that's the only time but I suppose everyone has a you know different different strokes for different <laughs> dogs or whatever the phrase is do you take holidays 
Uh, as in, like, from my work. No, like, like, do you go away on a summer holiday? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Well, like, the, I have, like, now, the last one I went to, Jesus, when was it? Yeah, I was away in um, Greece this summer just for a few days with, with two friends. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, but before that, I hadn't gone in a long, well over two years ago, anyway, two and a half years. Have you travelled around the world or have you been I, any... I've been to, uh, yeah, I've been, well, I mean, I've been to, like, well, London, Florida, um... I'm heading away to New York in the summer, uh, Croatia. Are you going to do a little no? talk from New York? Oh, yeah, I want to do something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. But then, then I started Here thinking... Here I am in New York, Fifth Avenue. Hello, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The image of the States. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there's Burger King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where I'm going to stay for the rest of my life. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that's... I, I think it's... Um, what's funny about... Uh, New York. I don't know if it would catch on if I was to do stuff over there. It's give it's it very go. different. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah, but it's well. I have a I have a few fan. I had you know, I put up a chat box on my Instagram and there had to have been at least seventy or eighty questions for you. Okay. So I had to I had to whittle them down to uh, um just a few here uh, if that's all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I didn't memorize them, so I forgive the phone. Right, okay. Uh, okay, so someone wants to know, <laughs> what other names did your mother think of calling you before settling on mattress? <laughs> well, first of all, my mother didn't decide <laughs> it was mattress. I was Michael, Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn, yeah. I created the mattress word. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, whoever, said, whoever asked that, uh, now you know. Um, okay, so I think I know the answer to this, but... Um, because we spoke about it, but uh, what does it feel like being a cultural icon? Do you enjoy it or dislike all the recognition? I love it. Yeah. And the more I get, the better I love it. It <laughs> means all the hard work is worth it. Yeah. And I don't mean hard work. It's not hard work. All the energy mm. is worth it. No, I love I love when people come and talk to me, ask me for a photograph. Not for the glory, not to be recognized like a famous person, but just the interaction with strangers. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I'm the exact same, and uh, I, I think, uh, like, unless you've had it kind of happen to you, it can, like, I, I definitely feel like uh, it's anyone, anyone who has people come up to you, like, if they say they don't enjoy it, they're lying, I they're think, because yeah. it, it's, so, it's a nice thing to have people, like, kind of look over at you and smile, even if they don't say anything, and you know it's not because you did something stupid, like, it's actually, you know, it's for a good reason, you know? Yeah, um, and... I've never said no to anybody. Like, I could be in the pub, I could be with my family, and somebody would say, can I have a photo of her? And I've been asked for my autograph too, which was a great... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I would never say no. Yeah. And I think the day you say no, it's the day you're on the way down. Mm. Yeah, I'd be the same as yeah. well. Now, I don't get nearly mm. as, as much, but like... But you yeah. will. Yeah, yeah, I never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, let's see. Okay, someone else wants to know, have you ever legged it across all the beds in the shop pretending the floor was lava? Do you know that game? You know where you like jump across we the We have bed? done so, yeah, doing a video. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we mightn't get to them all. There's a lot yeah. of them on the floor, but we would certainly do the the bedroom, we call it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'd love to do that someday. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to, this is a quick fire round, just to let you know. Um, okay, so... Um, how do you <laughs> sorry how do you make the mattresses fly like in the ads 
Green screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've kind of covered covered the rest of them. I'd like to invite you to sit back and lie down on your bed. The bed you bought off Mattress Mick. Every bed in Mick's store is pre-programmed with a button you can press that reveals a holographic image of Mick reading bedtime stories in case you can't sleep. Visualize yourself pressing the button now. Go on, press it. Oh, wait here. No, I said press it. Are your hands sweaty? Oh, hold on. I'll do it. Hello, I am Mattress Mick. And I'm here to read you a bedtime story about different types of mattresses. Big mattresses, small mattresses. Uh, Mick, is that it? I don't know, other types of mattresses? Nah, they're the only ones at the moment. Oh, right. I just thought, I thought there was a, you know, I thought there was meant to be. Hold on. I'm going to read a bedtime story about Frankie's bed. There once was a boy called Frankie who slept on the most rickety bed in all the land. He bought it at a closing down sale, which is another way of saying he took it out of his neighbour's garden after they got evicted for lies Frankie made up about them. So Frankie slept on a rickety bed and kept a stale packet of biscuits under his duvet. He liked eating them at night time while watching oops <laughs> while watching Shriek Sh- Shrek Shrek Sorry. Uh, okay let's leave it there mattress Mick everyone okay thanks you're embarrassing me goodbye see you <laughs> <laughs> who's the worst you or me 